What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our friends Mike and Virginia Chevalier over at Chevalier Mortgage. Mike and Virginia are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time as DNVR members. They're a husband-wife team with over 15 years of financial services experiences. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. And most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all of your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. And since you're home is likely to be one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt. They believe it is vital to consider your full financial picture when purchasing a home. This includes considering your short-term and long-term planning goals, your investments, and your tax situation. Mike is a certified financial planner, so he can look at everything with your financial picture and put it all together to make sense for you. So make sure to check them out because Mike and Virginia will work tirelessly to find the best loan for your situation. Visit them at dnvrmortgage.com and enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat when you do. Most importantly, get set up with that free consultation to discuss all of your options. DNVRmortgage.com or give Virginia a call directly at 303-257-6578 That's Chevalier Mortgage. Michael Chevalier, NMLS 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS 1910631. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. Welcome into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this fabulous Friday edition. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. And before we hop into the show, got to tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online. And now is the time to apply and register for classes. In fact, MSU Denver wants you to fall in love with yourself for Valentine's Day. That's right. MSU Denver Online is offering free application fees to any and all students. That's $0 for your application fee. Doesn't matter if you're looking to get an undergrad, graduate, or take online classes. Apply today through Valentine's Day, that's Sunday, and receive a free application fee. So make sure to check them out, MSU Denver Online. My boy, Mace, what's shaking? And holy cow, what a day we've got today. Well, it's just another day in the Deshaun Watson soap opera. So I'm not sure it's all that different than the rest, except uh, there's a, a breadcrumb out there that might have Broncos country salivating. Oh, and tell me about this breadcrumb. Well, you had Jeremy Fowler on ESPN who uh, was discussing Deshaun Watson and the possibilities for him and said, according to a source, that Deshaun Watson has a list of teams he's intrigued by. I didn't get all of the teams, but I was told Denver Broncos and San Francisco 49ers are two of them. I was told the Jets, hey, Probably not. Ooh. Oh, man. So even more smoke. Maybe there really is a fire, Mace. And if Jeremy Fowler is correct, then there is a fire there, Mace. And man, 
that that that's the most important thing. That was kind of the first step for this all to happen was for Deshaun Watson to sign off on the Broncos. And Mace, we've heard from Kareem Jackson that he he's interested. Now we're hearing from Jeremy Fowler that he's intrigued. I mean, Mace, th- th- there's a fire that's growing, and this is fantastic news for the Broncos. Maybe he's intrigued because Kareem Jackson lobbied him. Maybe he's intrigued because Kareem Jackson said, man, I got to go against Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton in practice. And I see what kind of plays Noah Fant can make. And we've got a, a left tackle who just had the best season of his career. And they're going to love you out here in Denver. Maybe that's part of KJAC's pitch. And maybe on some level, it's settling into Deshaun Watson's brain is saying, hmm, maybe Denver's a place I want to be. Now, <laughs> you know, let's uh let's not spike start spiking the ball. You're nowhere near the goal line right now. The Texans have to indicate that Deshaun Watson would be available. And every every sign that they've put out there so far is that Deshaun Watson is isn't yet available, isn't going to be available. Although the turmoil continues in in Houston earlier this week, the longtime team president, Jamie Roots, uh, resigned. And yesterday, the Texans continue to go all in on the Jack Easterby experiment, going all in on empowering a team chaplain by hiring one of his protégés as a character coach. Uh, Dylan Thompson is his name. And what is interesting of course is that this is a weird kind of patriot thing because dylan thompson worked for the lions was brought there by bob quinn and matt patricia who of course have since been fired jack easterby's title in new england was character coach do these patriot people really believe that a character coach is a reason why they win because i would argue this if i based on what i saw from the patriots last year this ain't about character coaches. It's about Tom freaking Brady. It's about having an elite quarterback and having an elite quarterback playing well. They should have just seen that from what the Bucks did, but no, no, no. Character coaches, that's what we need. If the Texans <laughs> want to decide that having a character coach and going all in on character coaches and chaplains is the way to go and not, oh, riding a quarterback that maybe you get once every 30 or 40 years – that's not the way to go. Well, by all means, let them. But, uh, you know, they've got, again, they've got to decide to trade Deshaun Watson. I do think this is something that's going to take, a, take a while to bear itself out. Both sides look dug in. But still, you have to check. You have to question what the Texans are thinking in every way, shape, or form, which plays into the hands of anybody that would want Deshaun Watson. And maybe that anybody is going to include the Denver Broncos. Although... They, would, they might have to blow up whatever plan they have. And, Zach, the reason why I mention that is we all saw that little video snippet that the Broncos had on their, show, on their Twitter channel yesterday. Yep. And it's about uh, – it's teasing a video series on uh, George Payton getting started with the Broncos. It's called Building the Broncos, and they said no – and the other part of the title is No Shortcuts. <laughs> Deshaun Watson's a shortcut. He's but you a know what? shortcut. Peyton Manning was a shortcut too. Yep. And if the shortcut avails itself to you, you take it. You don't intentionally say, oh, no, I'm going to continue going the long way. Someone's giving you a shortcut. 
to relevance, to respectability at the most important position, an elite player at the most important position. You take the shortcut. You don't go the long way. You, you know, you, you don't say, well, it's, you don't say, well, I've got this tunnel through the mountain, but I'm going to go around and take two hours. No, you take the tunnel that's right there and go through it. <laughs> yep, you absolutely do. And this isn't a shortcut that's only a year or two or three, like a Tom Brady shortcut, which of course is a very good shortcut as we as we definitely know now. Mace, this is a shortcut that is at least 10 years, probably at least 13 years. If not, if he follows the Tom Brady route, Mace, it could be 18 to 20 years. You do this in a heartbeat. And the most important thing was getting Deshaun Watson to sign off on the Broncos. And if he is intrigued by the Broncos, it really seems like Kareem Jackson's trying to seal the deal he's doing everything he can on social media kareem is awesome just a character and really doing his best to bring kareem jack or to bring deshaun watson here and mace if deshaun watson wants the the best weapons available to him the denver broncos are his spot of the realistic teams jets no no weapons there unless he wants to go play with what 40 year old frank gore maybe he could do that uh up in new york although i think even frank gore is a free agent um Mm -hmm. San Francisco, they do have some good weapons, but I'm still taking the Broncos weapons way over uh, San Francisco as well. Uh, And so the Broncos, if Kareem or, or if Deshaun wants to win and wants to have a huge offense around him, the Broncos make so much sense because the Broncos, Mace, they really could be one quarterback away from going five and 11 to a, a deep playoff run. Well, Let's take a look at the Bucks last year, and obviously, I'm not saying Deshaun Watson's Tom Brady, but that was people are t- talking today about. Oh, what a great job that Jason Light did in building that team and building that roster and getting all the pieces around Tom Brady. Well, the while you had guys that they brought in this year in the, in the past 12 months, like Rob Gronkowski, like Antonio Brown, like Leonard Fournette. Most of the guts of that team was built over a four to five year period. It was, you know, Mike Evans, Levante, David, Cameron Bray. It was, a, you know, Shaq Barrett came in in, 20, in 2019. They had Jason Pierre-Paul in the building before Tom Brady arrived. So the quarterback was the essential part of it. But do you step back and look at what the Broncos have done the last three drafts? in collecting weapons and collecting players and say, all right, maybe you can make that kind of quantum leap. The problem is you do have to sacrifice some of those players to get Deshaun Watson as part of a deal. The Bucks didn't have to sacrifice any player capital, any draft capital because he was a free agent. So that's how the situations differ more than a little bit. But if you believe in the team building that you've done, over the last few years, if you believe in the pieces that are in place, you would take a look at the roster and say, yeah, uh, a quarterback would really help this out, considering that the quarterback play that we had last year was at or near the, the bottom of the league in most metrics. And now you have Deshaun, if you plugged into Sean Watson, at or near the top of the league in most metrics, you'd assume it, it would get better. I mean, I mean, uh, Mike Clay of ESPN, we'll get more into this on, on Monday. Mike Clay took at the overall Broncos roster heading into free agency, eliminating unrestricted free agents. So the guys that are clearly under contract and are going to be back, 
and said this was the 12th best roster in the league. And um, the worst position on it was quarterback by some distance. <laughs> yep. Yep. So if the, so if the Broncos roster is really that good in spite of having a quarterback deficiency, even if you took out a couple of players on the defensive side, where would the roster stand? If you went from being a bottom five quarterback situation to a top five quarterback situation, what does yeah. that do for the team? Oh, Mace, it really reminds me. I mean, we've, we've talked about Peyton Manning earlier. It reminds me of Peyton Manning again in 2012. Mace, what was the worst position on the Broncos? Hey, as much as I like Tim Tebow, a lot of people probably would have said that the, the quarterback position was the one that could have used the biggest upgrade on that team. Well, what did they do? They brought in a monumental upgrade, and then the team went on an 11-game win streak in the regular season to close out as a 12-win team uh, mm -hmm. and, and have a, have a first round by that year that that is what this team could get now he's not the Peyton Manning type so maybe you're not going from 5 and 11 to 12 and 4 but you are going to a, a legit contender right away and Mace why why would Deshaun Watson not be interested he would have Cortland Sutton Noah Fant Jerry Judy KJ Hamler Melvin Gordon Philip Lindsay and then of course his good friend Kareem Jackson on the defensive side of the ball it, it makes sense that he is intrigued by, by the Broncos it does. It does make sense. And uh, I've said earlier, uh, Kareem Jackson manages to help Deshaun Watson become a Bronco, put him in the ring of fame, <laughs> give him whatever contract he wants. Uh, forget about just a pillar, you know, build a freaking statue outside of in power field at mile high of Deshaun Watson and K Jack together, like giving each other a hug or a fist bump or something, like, you know, something <laughs> that shows the two of them together. Um, Clearly, K-Jack likes Deshaun, and clearly Deshaun likes K-Jack, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I, I don't think we're talking about being intrigued by the Broncos if, uh, if K-Jack hasn't uh, successfully done a lobbying job on Deshaun Watson. Because you would step back on the surface and say, four losing seasons, they just went 5-11. and 11. It, it, It's not a good situation. But you do look deeper at the football side of it. You look at the potential on the offense. You look at what they've at what they have put together. Because even though, yes, five and eleven is not what anyone wanted. I get that. But the roster overall quality of the quality of the roster is better than it has been in some time. Probably the probably the overall roster I would say is in the best shape it has been since Super Bowl Fifty for the Broncos. Yep, that's. I think that's. I think that's fair to say. And uh, I mean, the fact that the Broncos have been in on Matthew Stafford already shows that they're not they're not happy with where the quarterback position stands. If they were happy, they wouldn't have been in on Matthew Stafford. I mean, it's just kind of the, the, the gymnastics that uh, that some people are, go through on this. It, it's kind of astounding because Matthew Stafford is a guy who's clearly a second tier quarterback. He's good, not great. He's you know, if you know, there's a top six that is elite. And someone reminded me of this yesterday. I need to do my QB tiers at some, at some point again uh, in the next few weeks here, but Matthew Stafford's on that next level. He doesn't necessarily get you to, uh, to a plane where you're instantly contending. He makes you better and that's it. And the Broncos decided, Hey, we're going to be in on Matthew Stafford. We're going to see if we can try to get him. So a team that was happy about its quarterback situation would not do that. So don't you owe it to yourself. If there's a possibility even a, even a glean in the words of the late Marty Schottenheimer, don't you owe it to yourself to see if you can do this, even if it's going to be a C price?
I think you yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely you do. And Mace, I just wonder with the with the organization that the Broncos are going to be dealing with in these trade talks, the Houston Texans, if we've been talking about the price being too steep, because Mace, what the Texans did today, they did release their other star player, J.J. Watt, asked to be released uh, to Cal McNair a couple of weeks ago, and he was granted that release today. Straight up release. They could have traded him and got probably something pretty good in return, but instead they did right by J.J. Watt because he talked to the owner, and the owner let him go. Now, I don't think that they're just going to let Deshaun Watson go and he's going to be released. Of course not. But maybe we're starting to see a slight, slight, slight turn with the Texans by doing some players right. The right thing to do here would be to trade Deshaun Watson. And Mace, that's the the other big hurdle. Although I think that's a hurdle that that's just going to be forced on them, that they're going to have to break down. Uh, but maybe this is a slight, slight insight into that. The, the Texans will be willing to move on from Deshaun Watson at some point if he continues to maintain what he said, and that's he's not going to play for them. Well, <laughs> it's easier to say that to somebody who has missed at least half the games in three of the last five seasons, who has only one double digit sack season in the last five. Of course, it's kind of, it's been kind of sad for anybody who really likes Deshaun Watson. And I love Deshaun Watson as a player. I love watching him. I think even after year five, you could put him in Sharpie for the hall of fame, but he hasn't stayed healthy. And he has that contract where if they cut him, they save 17.5 million and have no dead money. So that's an, that is an easier play regarding Deshaun Watt or regarding JJ Watt. Deshaun Watson, it's a different matter entirely. And actually, Zach, what is interesting is they, it is not until after June one where we get to the point where the, where the cap savings outweighs the dead money. If they trade him before June one, because everything would hit on the current cap, uh, they would actually uh, go from having him charged 15.94 million on this year's cap to, to 21.6. So you'd create more pre June one post June one. You can spread it out. It's going to be a lot more reasonable because of, of course the Texans are on the hook for what's left of the signing bonus. But I think it is intri- It is intriguing. It is encouraging even though I think the two it's an apples and oranges situation, JJ Watt versus Deshaun Watson. Sorry. I'm pouring cold water on this. I know I can't help it, but I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I mean, Deshaun's in his, is it's just starting to enter his prime JJ Watt, wherever he goes is will cross their fingers and hope like hell that he can stay healthy and contribute something here going into a uh, year 11 of his career. And, uh, and, and with JJ Watt as well, getting closer to the end, I imagine the release was, okay, JJ, go find someplace where you can put a ring on your finger because this isn't going to be Houston potentially not for a long time. But Mace, what what if this is Cal McNair saying, holy cow, what is Jackie's to be doing? What is this organization becoming? And really listening to all the noise that's really hit the organization in the past month. And Deshaun Watson talks to Cal McNair himself, not Jack Easterby, not the GM, not the head coach, talks to the talks to the owner himself, just like JJ Watt did. And uh, he's able to convince him. I think there's a sliver of hope here. Now, the Mace, the, the worst thing for the Broncos 
isn't waiting. The, the, the best thing for the Broncos in terms of him coming to Denver could be waiting because we know that, uh, you know, the Jets are probably going to draft a quarterback at two, then they may be out of the Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. If this goes till after the draft, that could actually benefit the Broncos more than any other team. Now, am I saying that it's ideal for the Broncos to get Deshaun Watson after the draft instead of before the draft? No, you would like to know as soon as possible. But ideally, I mean, for the Broncos' chances, they may benefit the most from this thing going a while. They may. Mm -hmm. And even if it goes into the season, I think they benefit as well. Um, And that's how long this might take if the Texans do dig in. I mean, I would not hold, I would not hold your breath over Jack Easterby losing any sway over Cal McNair in that organization. Since yesterday, Jack Easterby, like I mentioned earlier, just basically hired his protege. So yeah. I, I don't see any sign that uh, there is a, a link, there's a, a, a fissure in the link between Jack Easterby and Cal McNair. I feel like the, I feel like those bonds are still strong, but you know, everything's, everything is strong until one day it breaks. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, the wall, you know, you build a wall and the, and it's, and it's built, it's, it's built strong. It's built out of, out of concrete and, and brick and mortar and it's built to, to last and last. And then somebody takes some dynamite and blows it up and, Everything is everything seems intractable until it isn't. So, yeah, maybe you. I don't think that the Watt situation has any impact, but maybe there is a breaking point for Cal McNair where he finally puts his hands up and says, "Fine, this isn't going to work." Although, I still think if I were Cal McNair, I would try to, you know, I would try to fire Jack Easterby and anybody in his orbit and try to mend fences with Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. before I just traded Deshaun Watson. I, I mean, again, I mean, I, I'm, I step back and I'm baffled by it. Why the Texans and Cal McNair, why they are thinking this way. They're not thinking they're, they are out of their minds <laughs> yes, and how they've hand, and how they've handled this. Because if it were my team and I had, top five, top six quarterback who was young and should still have his best days ahead of him should play another 15 years. And he was unhappy. I would be on the phone, look at his split and say, how Deshaun, how do we get this right? Mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you feel? Let's talk. Let's talk about this because we value you. You are our most important employee i mean if you were doing an employee of the month for the texans over the last couple of years that plaque would be nothing but deshaun watson's name over <laughs> and over and over again like they have jj watt sprinkled in too yeah watt would have a couple but uh yeah, jj watt would have the time kind of before deshaun watson showed up i mean poor jj of course has been battling injuries for a good chunk of that time but it's deshaun watson's show he's proven himself to you why wouldn't you value his uh, why you value his opinion but the Texans do not appear to be a smart organization. <laughs> they, and it's kind of sad because they they went almost, it feels like overnight, they went from an organization that internally around the NFL was regarded as one of the better, classier operations in football, one where you got all the resources you needed and then some, one where there was a uh, there, there was the financial and the um, 
there was a financial and intellectual commitment to success, even though it hadn't yet resulted in a title. You, you looked at the Texans and said, okay, that's a place where you can win and win big. And and it, what if I know it's it's been over like 24 months and what feels like the, the snap of a finger, they became a laughing stock and no wonder Deshaun Watson wants out. He doesn't, you know, he, he wants out. It's because he wants our part of me. I want to phrase this right. He wants out for the same reason that a fan would want out if their team was owned by somebody who was incompetent because you can change everything else. But if that owner decides I'm hanging on to this asset and I have the financial wherewithal to do it, then you have no hope. Deshaun Watson is basically the player version of a Washington football team fan and what they felt under Dan Snyder. And you can't blame him for wanting to get out. If the, if you believe the owner is the guy that is screwing things up. And I think the owner having being the victim of a hypnotic sway of Jack Easterby is what's screwing this up. Then what hope do you have? It's going to change. Right. Right. You're, you're right, right on there. And Mace, I know Deshaun Watson isn't going to be a free agent, but it does feel like there is a lot of recruiting going on for Deshaun Watson to make him interested because he does have that no trade clause. So there will be a bit of recruiting in order to get him. And we know Kareem Jackson is leading that charge for the Broncos. And we know that JJ Watt has a great relationship with Deshaun Watson. Of course, there's that great clip at the end of the season where JJ says, I'm sorry, we weren't able to do more to help you. They like each other and JJ Watt is available mace should the broncos go make a run at jj watt for two reasons of course to bring in a very very good player i mean a guy that has three defensive player of the year awards but also just make the broncos that much more appealing to deshaun watson right now the broncos have over 30 million dollars in cap room if they were to bring in jj watt they're Definitely not bringing Jarrell Casey back, I wouldn't imagine. So that frees up another $10 million. They could even not bring Shelby Harris back, which wouldn't free up money, but it wouldn't cost them money to keep Shelby. Uh, And then, you know, you could, if you wanted to, move on from Von Miller to open up $20 million, $18 million in cap room. You could make the cap room to bring both J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson here. Is that something you think about? You have to think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the interesting thing is you're more concerned about the cap room long-term with Deshaun Watson rather than the short-term because that contract this year, if you trade if you trade for Deshaun Watson, you get him this year, you're getting him on a, a $10.54 million cap number for this year. Huge. It's, it's after the, this year that the bigger cap numbers start to kick in. Right now, he's a bargain. He's a steal. And uh, if you want to make sure that you build that uh, – without draft capital you build it around him then you spend a little bit more on other stuff the uh, other stuff this year and maybe even give watson uh, not a cash restructure but a cap restructure for 2022 while you're still kind of waiting for your draft pool to be replenished mm. so yeah, yeah. you do yeah. a little finagling you don't affect the cash coming his way but maybe you you kick a little more down the line the other interesting thing looming over all this is trying to project what the cap is going to be because there have been reports this week about the nfl wanting to get the streaming and broadcast contracts that will kick in for 2022 and beyond they want those signed sealed and delivered before the start of the league year And a reason why they want that is because if they know 
how much money is coming in from ESPN, NBC, CBS, Amazon, Hulu, whoever they end up making deals with in the broadcast, cable, and streaming universe, then they may even be able to say, wow, we know we've got this coming on the other side. We don't have to drop the cap this year. Right. We can keep it at 198 million, even with what we lost because of the pandemic and having closed or limited capacity stadiums. And we can spread the hit out a little more, knowing that we got all this cash coming in on the other side. And that too will make the plan would make the planning just a little bit easier for everybody. But it would make the for a team that got Deshaun Watson, it would make it massively easier because then you could say, well, we know the cap is going to be 230 million in. 2023 it's going to be 238 in 2024 and then you start accordingly um, making those plans it's part of the Chiefs thinking with Patrick Mahomes even though they didn't know what the cap was going to be part of the the value of his contract and what it the cap hit they have on a per year basis is based on what they expect down the line so you'd think that that uh, if those come into play that makes it easier to pull off a deal too I mean, holy cow, Mace, this is so exciting. I don't remember the, the there being this much hope in Broncos country and excitement, too, in oh. Broncos country in a long, long time. I mean, you get Deshaun Watson, you get Jade, you get both of those guys. Holy cow, it is going to be so much fun. I don't expect anything to happen this weekend as the Texans are definitely digging their heels into the ground. But, man, this is something that it, we, we, we said it with, you know, just in a hopeful way a couple of weeks ago when we first talked about it. Now there's legitimate, legitimate smoke there. I think there's a fire there, too. This is something that's going to be so much fun to follow and speaking of so much fun if you want to have a very fun valentine's day weekend we've got the thing for you breckenridge brewery has teamed up with hack bake harvest for a valentine's day to give the perfect valentine's day dinner you've witnessed the rk special and many other mixtures at the tailgate now it's time for the professionals to take over and deliver a creamy brown butter mushroom chicken half-baked harvest uses breck's vanilla porter in the cream sauce to add a richness which paired with buttery mushrooms is delicious you can then serve it over fettuccine pasta to complete an easy one skillet dinner but no meal is complete without delicious dessert so they go again back to the vanilla porter for a delicious vanilla porter molten chocolate cake and i certainly know that my mouth is watering right now probably gonna have to whip this up on sunday for valentine's day to head so if you want to head to breck's twitter page or instagram and check out their link in the bio for these delicious recipes with more breck brews that you can treat yourself and your valentine's day with during this it's valentine's day coming up you can also enter to win great prizes from breck and hack half-baked harvest so make sure to check them out and make sure to check out breckenridge brewery the official beer of dnvr mm, that sounds very very good and uh if you want that meal that is an outstanding meal but uh if you want to have some breck brews with some beef well check out our friends at hassle cattle company although it's probably a little bit too late to get hassle to deliver for valentine's day they can take care of future meals for you. Hassle Cattle Company means that hassle-free meat life. We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassle Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm-to-table Wagyu beef in the country. It's a fourth-generation cattle farm out of Texas. They ship all over the country straight to your door. They call their beef the blue-collar Wagyu. Why? Because the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Check out their smoked sausage. New York Strip, Beef Bacon, Wagyu Franks with no fillers. 
two jerky flavors, original and sweet and sweet and spicy. Their hamburger won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. These guys, they take their registered bulls and breed them with Angus cows, and that gives you that very high-prime product grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So check them out at HasselCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use that code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DNVR10 for 10% off. And if you get that order up to $200, guess what? You're going to get free shipping. So DNVR10 for 10% off, hit that $200 mark with your order. You've got a freezer. You can put some beef in there, save it for later. $200 and you'll get free shipping. Check them out. We promise you will not be disappointed. That's Hassle Cattle Company, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, cattlecompany.com. And use that code DMVR10 for 10% off your order. All right, Mace, let's hop into the questions. First one coming in from Sebastian Airbay. My boys, I hope y'all are doing incredible. Mace, your idea about a system where teams can get promoted and regulated is the best thing I've ever heard. Wow. Let me explain. I spend all of the free time I have watching all major American sports and all European soccer. My favorite thing about European soccer is that all leagues in Europe have a promotion and regulation system. Now, I love American sports, but the one complaint I've always had is that they don't have the European soccer system here in any leagues. The system would be un- unbelievably exciting i'm so hyped right now thinking about that alas it isn't a possibility unless i dedicate the rest of my life to trying to become a commissioner of the nfl when i become commissioner i propose the plan to the fans the fans fall in love with the idea the future of american sports will be forever changed i'm considering that now of course i'm only joking no don't be joking sebastian but your idea is absolutely incredible and i'm so happy thinking about the dream but let's hop into today's question what do you guys think about Caleb Farley. I absolutely love him. He's incredibly athletic with great speed and he used to be a wide receiver. So, you know, he has great hands. I was thinking we could potentially trade back a few picks and pick him up to gather some potential draft capital provided the front office falls in love with him. I would still love probably taking Sertan by a small margin, but I'd be really happy if we obtained some capital and got Farley after watching some of his tape. He looks like a guy that has a really high ceiling. We should be able to trade with the 49ers and pick up the 12th pick and still be able to get Farley along with a bit of draft capital. It all kind of depends on how the draft shakes out, but let me know what y'all think. And as always, thanks for everything. Much love, Sebastian. Well, I mean, you'd be rolling the dice on uh, on Farley if you did trade down a little bit to try to get him. I, I like Farley. I like him a little bit better than Sertan, even though I think Sertan probably steps in and plays better as a rookie. Farley's coming off a, a year where he opted out due to COVID at Virginia Tech. So I think that's going to hinder him as he as he steps into the game right away. But longer, a little more athletic, more versatile. You can even use him at safety. You can play him in a slot. You can play him on boundary. You can do pretty much everything with him, and he sh- and he projects as an outstanding zone corner. So I think Farley, in some ways, is actually a slightly better fit for Vic Fangio's defense than Patrick Sertan the second. But there are some there are some mocks, some speculation that have Farley going ahead of Sertan. I think if you really want Farley, then you have to stand pat. Farley or, or Sertan, I don't think you can go down even three picks and expect and feel good about getting one of them. And besides, if you trade down, I think that trade down, if you're going to get anything of value, 
for the 2022 draft in terms of capital, you're going to have to go down the twenties. And that does take you out of the Farley Sertan conversation more into the JC Horn conversation. Right, right. I, I, exactly. May. So I, I think if you want Farley or Sertan, you're not moving down at all. I totally see where you're coming from Sebastian, but then you're just, you're just rolling the dice. And if the Broncos think the way that you do, that they like Sertan a little bit more than Farley to me, it's not worth down trading to 12 and picking up an extra third round pick to get the cornerback that you like the second most it's worth just staying pat and getting whatever cornerback you like the most, whether that's Sertan or Farley, but great question. Yeah, Next great one coming question. in from maybe the dingo HLB. Maybe hate to stick a fork in the Watson talk, but he's going to end up in Dallas. Oh, well, this comment came in before the news this morning. So I wonder if maybe the dingo HO baby has changed his mind. Maybe we'll see. Maybe there'll be a buzzer beater coming in from him. Casper says, fellas, is there typically one person on each team who is the source for guys like Adam Schefter? Or does he and others around him have a few guys around the league that have their own connections to each team? Well, Obviously, with Adam Schefter, the Denver, because he was in Denver, because he knew Mike Shanahan for a long time when he worked here, and that was his source for, for quite a while. Also, it worked with Mike Shanahan on a book, even, because he knew John Elway covering him. It's, it, was kinda, uh, it was always kind of obvious when Schefter had something, uh, that he had something from basically someone kind of gold-plated. It's uh, it's a little different. You get to other teams, and uh, there isn't necessarily that that link between a source a- and a reporter like an Adam Schefter. Some teams are are pretty closed up. The Vikings are one of those teams, in fact, that was pretty closed up and uh, pretty good about not letting leaks and things like that out. And in that case, then the sources often become agents trying to advance the causes of their, their players. And that's the interesting thing is whether your source is a team or whether your source is an agent, remember that that person is trying to advance a specific cause that they have, whether it's the team cause or the cause of the player. Right, right. Exactly. Um, it Mesa, I totally, totally agree with you there. Um, Adam Schefter, definitely has sources all over, but not just with teams, like you right. said, with, with players themselves and with, with, uh, uh, with agents as well. Yep. Count Lockula, Bum Talk Friday. Bum Phillips once said, quote, winning's only half of it, having fun's the other half. The Broncos have had almost neither of those halves in the last five seasons. Fans are famished. This is why, along with statistical reasons, I'm on Team Minshew. We need a guy who puts both fake mustaches on his own coach and has a two-to-one TD to INT ratio. And he can throw a football over Long's Peak. Love the count. Well, yeah, <laughs> if you can't get it to Sean Watson. Can't get Russell Wilson. Yeah, Minshew Mania will work. <laughs> yes, Minshew Mania will work. That or uh, you know, Jameis will bring certainly bring some excitement to Broncos country. And man, Count, I love your comment. And it's just such a depressing comment while also being fun at the same time. I mean, you're absolutely right. Broncos really haven't been much fun to watch and they haven't been winning in the past five years. Worst thing you can be is bad and boring. And they usually go hand in hand. Sometimes they don't. I mean, I would say, for example, with Deshaun Watson playing the way he did last year, Houston was a team that was bad at four and 12, but not boring. Right. Broncos have tended to be bad and boring and it's made for some very tedious football, especially in the last, in the last four years. You think back to that 2017 season, 
when they're flailing around at five and 11, they're get, getting beaten like a drum and they're going through Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler and Paxton Lynch at quarterback. It was just, uh, it, it, it was an awful watch. I mean, I look back at that team and think, how the hell did they win five games? My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Actually, and then I realized they won, they won five and three of them came early when Trevi Trev was still showing signs that he was the man. Mm-hmm. Yep. Your guy, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Led the league in touchdown passes the first two weeks of the season. You might say that it, one of those games was magnificent. Oh, it was magnificent times two, Mace. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Asking for a friend. Mason, Zach, when you guys work for your respective NFL teams, who hired you? Also, did you guys meet, know the GMs personally? Or did they know who you were? My friend thinks it's amazing that you actually represented one of the 32. Well, I didn't know the GM at, at the time. And actually, I was hired on the uh, business side to do digital media. So I didn't go through that part of it entirely the only i i met uh when i interviewed with the broncos i met uh, somebody in pr i met um a couple of people in the the marketing department because at the time the the web afforded the marketing and then uh got and then got the job yeah and and i was on the football side but i was certainly not hired by the gm the gm at the time was ray farmer whose actually name was brought up this uh this hiring cycle i believe he's connected to the jaguars but obviously didn't get that job uh and and i did not have a, a close relationship with him i talked to uh, talked to him on the phone once and got a letter from him once but i mean that was it it, it was just a friendly phone call that he gave out uh to 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 the people in my position i was just hired by someone in the scouting department Department and, and worked with with some people in the scouting department yep. that's it, it's it's always different and when you're hired you're kind of breaking in on a low level and you're not necessarily uh yes you're you're not going up top uh it's not it's not an up top call maybe they're they're signing off on the uh, position being created but and right. being available but they're not but they're generally leaving the hire to people who would who would know a little bit more so. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Great question. Next one coming in from Swede. Hey, Kings, for my communications class, I'm doing an informative speech on the Denver Broncos. I have it set up to cover three different topics, history, present team, and the legacy of the franchise. I have subtopics like the Pat Bolin era and Super Bowl teams of the late 90s and the Peyton Manning era. The one I needed help with is the pre-Pat Bolin era. Is there any interesting aspects of those 60s and 70s teams that don't get talked about? Any cool facts about Red Miller and the building of of the orange crush defense or cool facts about Floyd little and his story. You can also recommend any topics that you think could be good to cover as well. Thanks for the input. All right. This is easy, but uh, <laughs> I would say check out my book tales from the Denver Broncos sideline. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on uh, barnes and noble.com. If you find it on Amazon, you can probably get it shipped quickly. If you've got a Kindle or a, uh, if you have Kindle or a nook, or uh, through Apple as well. You can even uh, get a quick download on it. That's that's the best thing I can say because that is chock full of interesting stories from the 60s and 70s Broncos. So Tales from the Denver side, Denver Broncos Sideline uh, by me. Check it out. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's definitely the place, best place to go where you get all of Mace's information. Uh, I know this doesn't help with the 60s and 70s, but Mace's book will. I would say, Schweed, make sure to include a little bit about Tim Tebow because that you could tie that in with the Peyton Manning era. Oh, 
<laughs> we have to. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I blow it out of proportion. Although I don't feel like it, but it, that was that in Rocktober uh, were the most fun that I've ever had as a sports fan. And of course, the Peyton Manning era and the Super Bowls follow shortly behind. Yeah, uh, it was fun. It wasn't sustainable. No, but it was fun. Nope. <laughs> Next one from hip hip. You Ray. Hey guys, been a while since I commented here, but I just got a new dream job as an executive chef. And that has been kicking me in the behind oh, still wow. listening often and love the content. Well, congratulations, hip hip. You Ray. That is awesome. You got to let us know where. Uh, so if we're ever in the area, we can stop by. He goes on and says, I have to say that I accessed the old memory bank here. And before the season began, I remember May saying that if the Bucks went to the Super Bowl and were able to play in their home stadium and have it be in a year where no fans were allowed, it would be the most Bucks thing ever. Well, we just witnessed it, May. <laughs> Savor it, man. Go, Shaq Barrett. Keep up the awesome content, fellas. Drink some Breck brews and seize the day. Yeah, between the Bucks. And then uh, the Lightning winning a Stanley Cup in a pandemic and the Rays going to the World Series in a pandemic. Uh, that's just, that's Tampa Bay sports for you. You know, someday there's going to be a book written about how all three Tampa Bay teams peaked at the same time and hardly anyone could go watch the games in person. <laughs> yep. And now don't you I, have a, don't you have the Toronto Raptors finishing their season in Tampa? Yeah, because it's too hard to go back and forth. Of course, we see that the NHL teams in Canada are all clustered in one division and playing each other. So yeah, they're gonna they're gonna stay in Tampa. They're gonna continue playing in Amelie Arena, uh, the home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. So uh, they're it's not we the North, it's we the South, at least for this year. <laughs> yeah. I want what I want to see is, uh, you know, I, I want to see somebody. I, I want to see somebody make some. Toronto Raptors of Tampa Bay merchandise. I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. That would be fun. Yeah. The Especially when is, they win, just add to championship. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, they're having a little bit of a rough year, so I don't think the magic is going to rub off on the, the Raptors. But, hey, uh, that's okay. LDJ. Geesh, I love DNVR. Andre and Henry's pod was awesome. They such a, do such a great job. I wanted to ask you something. Why do players do interviews with a certain radio station? Not more so with you guys are all bright and Broncos country United or, or mile high huddle. Hearing the player's perspective is the only reason I listen to that radio station. I'm so over the hypocrisy. Shoreth is a firm believer in roster building emphasizes depth. And he has criticized deeply the lack of depth on this roster. I strongly disagree, but I respect, respect his opinion. However, he was praising the Rams and the trade for Stafford as if their roster is not lacking a huge amount of depth. And now they have no draft picks premium or premium ones for the next three years and little cap space. What hypocrite, what a hypocrite. I don't know. I'm just curious why guys like yourselves can't have more player and team interviews. Well, Mesa, it's interesting uh, just how people view the Rams. It seems like some people think that they're Super Bowl contenders now, and some, like LDJ, think that you know they're just going to be a little better than they've been the past couple of years, which is a playoff team, but nothing more than that. Where do you fall on the Rams? Um, I mean, I question getting rid of all the draft of, of, of many draft picks as they have, but uh, it's a it's a solid raw ro- it's a solid roster. I think uh, I, I think they overestimate just how much Stafford can improve them, and I think uh, uh, they maybe underestimate Jared Goff just a little bit and letting him go. Um, but I also think that when you're a team that is closer to the top, 
like the Rams are that that sort of trade makes more sense than for a team that's building. I don't think the Rams and Broncos have analogous situations right now. And, uh, uh, and again, that's one thing to consider, even though the Broncos have a lot of pieces that they trade for Deshaun Watson, I think they'll be good, but I don't think a Super Bowl is coming right away. I think they'll get better. I don't think they will pull off the Tom Brady because like I mentioned earlier, you're going to be sacrificing from your roster to get a Deshaun Watson if that's something that ends up happening. So it's going to be more of the long game, playing the 10 to 15-year game with Deshaun Watson uh, being your quarterback. Um, that And the other thing also on the Broncos' lack of depth, you know what? They have improved the roster, but he has a point because the Broncos were depth shy at some spots last year and they got exposed. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're absolutely right, Mace. Before we go any further, guys, got to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook and the awesome deal they have going for this weekend's Nuggets-Lakers game on Valentine's Day. They want to show you the love on Valentine's Day as well. And for every thousand users that we get to bet on the over-under of the DraftKings Sportsbook Nuggets-Lakers game, they will lower the over by one point. So bet on the over and the, the over will go down one point for every thousand people that do this and of course we already got that line down to zero and the cool thing is DraftKings will continue to do this if it becomes a hit which it clearly is so let's keep let's keep pounding this thing for this game and for the future to make sure that that goes down and if you want to get in on some more action this weekend over at DraftKings Sportsbook check out UFC's 258 bout over at DraftKings Sportsbook and they'll give you 100 to 1 odds by just picking the main fighter to win this week and being right on that. That's $1 to bet on either fighter to win. And if your fighter wins, you'll cash $100. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than with DraftKings Sportsbook. So head to the app store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win. Place your bet and watch the fist fly this weekend. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 on the main event on Saturday night for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. You've heard us talk about rugby here in this space. Well, now it's time to introduce the Colorado XOs. Rugby Town USA is excited to introduce you to our new rugby venture and team, the Colorado XOs who are athletes that have competed at the highest level of their, respect, of their respective sports. Coming from backgrounds in football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track, these athletes possess all the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby. Many of these guys you may have heard of, like Taniela Tupau, former Seahawk Falcon, also played for the Cardinals. You can learn all about the stories and the, from those athletes at Infinity Park at Glendale.com. By placing these athletes in a full-time rugby training environment, Rugby Town USA hopes to expedite their development and inject the U.S. national team with elite talent to help them compete on the global stage and ultimately win the Rugby World Cup. The first two matches scheduled being live streamed on April 3rd and April 10th, so mark your calendars. What's even better is our guy Colton Strickler has it all covered for you, a weekly DNVR rugby podcast. Hit that subscribe button. If you didn't get a ticket you want as an elite athlete, check out the opportunities at Infinity Park. Rugby just may be your next ride. Follow Colton, our DMVR rugby account. Keep up with the latest news. Learn rugby with Colton's Rugby 101 podcast. Get exclusive interviews with the athletes and coaches. There's even betting advice on Super Rugby, which starts down in New Zealand and Australia at the end of February. Football ends and rugby begins, and DNVR will have watch parties for the matches this year. 
and swag and ticket giveaways when the matches start back up. So check things out over at DNVR Rugby. Check out more on the Colorado Exos. All right, Mace. Next one coming in from Sir James Radio. So yesterday I was shopping at my local Walmart, grabbing some stuff before work. I, of course, was listening to my beloved DNVR boys, Mace and Zach. As I was going down an aisle, I spot someone wearing the DNVR logo shirt. I paused the pod to tell them that I was listening to the boys, and it was a fun moment. I only wish I wasn't on my way to work, or I would have loved to chat more or even grabbed a picture. This is big as I live in Palm Springs area of Southern California, so it was a pleasant surprise to see. Man, that is so, so cool. Love to hear it. Next time, if you snap a picture, definitely send it our way. Love to hear that, Sir James Radio. And if you're the person uh, that Sir James Radio talked to, Chime in on the comment section. Want to hear from you. He says, now on to a question only worthy of off-season pods. We all know potato versus potato, pet smart versus pet smart. But I have always wondered, Mace, is it pronounced Mike? Well, well how, how do you pronounce these, Mace? What, what is he saying, uh, Mike? He, he's, the first pronunciation he suggests is, is Mike Knorr okay. or Mike Knorr. And he says, this has bugged me since my teen years of 2002 through 06. It's the latter. It's Micah Noor. That's how you pronounce it. Micah Noor. Micah Noor. So now, now we know it's Micah Noor. It's potato and it's pets Mart. Yeah. A good, a good dude. And uh, like, liked having him around. Although it was interesting that he was never the best punter in the league or anything close to the best punter in the league but he could also kick off and the Broncos were at that point where they didn't want Jason Elam doing kickoffs anymore. And so that's why they kept looking for punters who could also kick off. They had Matt McBriar, an Australian out of the university of Hawaii in training camp. I believe it was in Oh four, but even though he became a guy who punted for nearly a decade around the NFL and became a pro bowler and was blasting it, because he couldn't kick off, it was still going to be Micah Noor's job that season. They end up trading uh, McBriar to Seattle, and then he ended up going on to, uh, to to other stops and having a long career. So kind of interesting whether the Broncos had kind of locked themselves in and needing someone who could also kick off so that Jason Elam didn't have to do it. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. Next one from Jason17. My boys, happy Friday. I hope you are all staying warm on this bitter winter season. It hit negative 18 last night around 2 a.m. while I was at work, and it made me really want to take a vacation to Florida, where my family down there was probably boasting it with the 88 degrees on their beach. Anyways, I loved your guys' breakdown of the cornerback position yesterday. What do you guys think of St. Bassey's role is next season? Does he fill that Devontae? Bosby fourth cornerback position or is it competing for a third cornerback role thanks for the pod as always Jason Jason I think it's a great question I think he kind of nailed where he fits either that third or fourth corner role it really depends on how many guys the Broncos bring in I mean let's say they bring in a free agent and they have a, a high draft pick then realistically you're going to have the free agent the high draft pick you're going to have Callahan uh OJ Moody and you're talking about uh going for the, the 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 fourth or fifth spot and then if they only go free agent and not a high draft pick if they only go high draft pick and not free agent then he does become someone who can maybe push for the number three but uh you can't rely on it saying bassy because he is coming off the torn acl if he develops it's a nice bonus but i think the broncos will probably kind of make their roster planning as though 
Bassey may still be working his way back when the season starts. Yeah, and that's just why I have him kind of as the fourth guy this year. You still have to remember he he's coming from an undrafted guy last year while he really did jump onto the scene. Uh, it wouldn't be a surprise if it takes a minute for him to get back up there. So, man, stay warm out they, there, Jason. Uh, on my run this morning, it said it was five degrees, so that's a lot warmer than negative 18. So it's, uh, it's going to be a cold one this weekend in Denver, that's for sure. Good God. <laughs> Next one from Dan Burke. Hey guys, are we overlooking the significance of the Christian Parker hire? I know he's just a defensive back coach. You put that in quotes, but doing some digging, he has some very strong ties to the Virginia area as a coach and as a recruiter. So it goes without saying he'd be very familiar with all of the top defensive back prospects in that area. Parker is also friends with and spent one month in 2019 on the Packers staff working with Ryan Smith, who coaches the defensive backs of Virginia tech. Do y'all see what I'm getting at here? <laughs> well, it depends how much uh, Ryan Smith and anyone Christian uh, Parker comes across, uh, comes across. It depends how much they like Caleb Farley. And I think that's sort of the thing here. We talk, Oh, well the coach, uh, coach, this coach X coach player Y and uh, must uh, be a connection there. Well, what if coach X decided that player Y wasn't the guy wasn't a fit. I mean, right. the, the reports aren't always positive. So I would say, you know, it's interesting, but don't go necessarily stamping that and saying, oh, well, they're going to get that guy because of the connection. It doesn't always work that way. Right. Well, and if they draft Caleb Farley, you got to think that the Broncos had so much good information on drafting mm -hmm. him. If they don't draft him, maybe it's because they had some insight into maybe go Patrick Sertan or trade back and go the JC Horn route. But you don't hire a defensive backs coach um, just to draft a certain player there, mm -hmm. Dan. But man, I just I love all the research you do, Dan. You, you really find those connections because th this is a good connection. If the Broncos draft uh, Caleb Farley, then I'll mean that they had some really good intel on him, but no, they didn't hire, they didn't hire uh, Christian Parker just in order to get some draft info on, okay. on Caleb Farley. And remember mates, Vance Joseph had fantastic info and insight into one Carlos Henderson. His brother was his coach and it turned out to not be the best insight. Or, I mean, we look back at the 2012 draft and uh, John Elway's son, was good friends with Brock Osweiler at Arizona state. I mean, yeah. I, I would call, I would really caution against this and the other against taking too much on this. And don't forget what we don't know to the same degree as we, we can kind of string together the connections on coaches. We don't know exactly where the connections are strongest between scouts and people around each program. That is something that isn't as publicized and uh, certainly is not something that necessarily a lot of scouts and people who are sources within these programs want getting out because they want to kind of protect uh, the anonymity and the, uh, and the honesty in their evaluations. So I think there are a lot of things that exist out of the, the public sphere of knowledge that matter more than this. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Next one coming in from Butch Cassidy. Hey fellas, you touched on how this off season is going to look like last off season and that there is a push from the PA to maybe cut it down. What would the benefit of this be for anyone? If no sport I have ever played, have I thought the notion of less practice was going to result in winning more games? Will quarterbacks and wide receivers still get together in the off season privately? I know Drew and the guys got together last off season, but didn't the NFL discourage it? And then Tom Brady did it anyway. I just want to know how, 
how this young team will come together with the challenges they faced last offseason instead of just flipping their wrists and shrugging their shoulders. Go Drew, go Broncos, go DNVR. Okay, first of all, yeah, you can't view it from a one-team perspective. You have to step back and view it from an entire league. So, obviously, the number of wins in a season, unless there are a few ties, it's a static thing league-wide. And they're viewing this from a broader perspective and saying it's about the quality of the product and the argument that the NFLPA and J.C. Treader, the player slash president of the NFLPA and then DeMarie Smith, who's the uh, non-playing head of the NFLPA. The argument they're making is that the quality was not affected by the loss of in-person off-season work, that the quality of the game was still there. They eliminated the preseason, training camp started later, no OTAs in person, and that it was still generally very good football. It was it was what you were used to from the NFL brand. And another part of their argument is going back to 2011 when there was a lockout and they were getting the CBA resolved and there were no OTAs that year. You had some teams kind of teams and players organizing their own thing, but nothing team organized and the quality was unaffected that year as well. And so, you know, that the benefit is less wear and tear. The benefit is, um, players getting to stay at home rather than having to come to the facility. I mean, now, you know, you have a few, you have a few handfuls of Bronco players that are returning and that they have places in Denver, but I mean, in any off season, Zach, I mean, you know, a good chunk of the roster, they're new players, they're, you know, reserve, you know, reserve future guys, rookies, you know, free agent signees under, you know, players who, aren't buying in Denver and the team sticks them up in a hotel for a few weeks while they go through uh, the off season work. Um, and that's something that uh, I think the teams would certainly maybe like to have off their plate to plate financially. I, I think in the end, what happens is that there ends up being a compromise where there are going to be say 10 in-person days of work that are effectively the OTAs over a couple of weeks, but then the rest of it, the lifting, the earlier phases of OTAs where it's individual work. I think that's the kind of stuff that may get chopped off in a future as they try to work, as try, they try to work through this new reality. But this is the thing. Yeah. Off on field work would benefit the Broncos, but that's, it's not about one team. It's about all 32 and their needs. And there are a lot of players around the league that look at the lack of OTAs and say, yeah, that was kind of nice. I'd rather go spend uh, the off season at my place in Florida than coming back to Green Bay or Minneapolis for a bunch of weeks in the spring and or in the spring. Right, right. Yeah, no, you're right, Mace. And to to answer Butch Cassidy's question about how it relates to the Broncos, this would be terrible news for the Broncos, Mace. If this offseason was the same as last offseason, there's no way to spin it that this would be good for the Broncos. Heck, the Broncos can't spin it that it would be good for them because all we heard last year from Vic, from John, from Pat Shermer, from Drew, from all the other players on offense was just how much uh, a virtual offseason hurt them last year, being a relatively young team, having so many people having a new offense. Now, it may not hurt them as much as it hurt them last year because they would have the same offense coming back. They'd have a lot of the same pieces, if not pretty much every single piece coming back if Drew still is the quarterback. Uh, But 
it would still hurt them because they wouldn't be able to get that chemistry. And we heard Drew near the end of the season just saying how important this offseason would be being together. And if that's not the case, then it would hurt the Broncos. So it wouldn't hurt teams that are that are veteran teams that have been together for a long time. It would not hurt the Chiefs really at all, uh, especially mm-hmm. because Patrick Mahomes won't be able to do really any on-field work this offseason after having surgery on his foot. So it would hurt the Broncos this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just that's just an unfortunate thing but it does look like we're going down that route where there's going to be either not as much uh, in-person stuff this year or none during the off season. Yeah. It's going to hurt younger teams or teams that bring in a lot of free agents more than veteran teams that stay together. And one thing that might happen as a result of this is that it may encourage more teams to go for continuity in terms of how they build rather than making a lot of changes from year to year, because the, you're not going to be able to, microwave that continuity if they limit off-season work and uh, I do think I I don't think it's going to look exactly like uh, last year in future years although this year might look exactly like last year but I think that the, the, the days of players coming in for eight weeks four phases of OTAs I think of OTAs and off-season work I think those are going by the wayside yeah, uh, I, I I totally agree with you, Mace. And final one coming here from LDJ. Damn you, Deshaun Watson. His camp and the Texans organization. We can't take this. You're stressing Broncos country. Either do this or don't do this, man. Come on, poor George Payton. Oh man, LDJ's taking the total opposite way that I'm taking it. I'm I'm loving the drama. I'm loving the hope. I'm loving the excitement with this. But it is oh. going to mess with people's hearts. It is. And hopium is a hell of a drug. The hopium. And, yeah, the, the hopium is strong in Broncos country today. <laughs> yes, it certainly is. Hopium is legal in Colorado, evidently. <laughs> well, Mace, we need something to keep us warm the, the, during this weekend, and hopium will certainly do that. The Deshaun Watson uh, version of hopium. Yeah. Oh, man. By the way, I put a poll out uh, on Twitter asking – if the Broncos should blow up any plan they might have to attempt to pry Watson from Houston, even though the price might be steep, 82% say yes, 18% say no. Interesting. Um, Maybe it's just the steep price that scares them. Yeah, the 18% is interesting to me. I mean, it's it's a late quarterback. I mean, (laughs) we're not talking, you know, we're not talking about Matthew Stafford here. We're talking about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally, totally <laughs> agree. I mean, I have a problem. Blo- you know, I have a problem blowing it up for a, a mid tier, a, a second tier quarterback. Like if they blew everything up for Kirk Cousins, I'd be like, eh. <laughs> Deshaun freaking Watson. Come on. I totally agree. For the next ten to fifteen years, we get to talk about DFW. Yeah. Don't be afraid to take the shortcut if it avails <laughs> itself to you. If the shortcut is a good shortcut, Mace, then take it every okay. time. Well, and here's the other th- way to consider it, to go back to the analogy of the uh, the tunnel through the mountain. And, it, you know, you go around the mountain, it's two hours. You go through the tunnel, it's, it's a couple of minutes. But that tunnel has a huge toll. Like you're paying like a, a $100 toll and saving two hours. I'm, 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 I'm paying, I'm paying the toll because my time, because my time is worth something too. 
Oh, without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, that's just being that's being smarter, not not working harder. You know what? If yeah. George Payton get, gets to give away many draft picks and a couple of defensive players, and that means that he gets Deshaun Watson, that's probably the easy route, not the yeah. hard route. And sometimes you do need to go down the hard route of studying ten different quarterbacks and putting in weeks and weeks and weeks of film on college quarterbacks to find out which one's the best. If you should trade up, all of that. Sometimes teams need to go down that route, but you know what george if the easy route is presented take it and run with it and then you yeah. know what have some time off don't wake up at 4 30 don't be on your way to the office 4 50 get a couple of hours more of sleep well actually he still need to be on his way to the office at 4 50 because you'd be sacrificing draft capital which means you'd have to maximize what you had left from say round three onward so the work isn't going away. It's just different work. It's just, it's, it's spending those extra hours on the safeties and the corners and the guards that are going to be available on day three. It's even studying what you've got because maybe you look at their, at this, at the situation and say, Hmm, we've got this unpolished gem in Itani Muti. Let's find a way to get him on the field sooner. Mm, I like that. I yeah. like that. And I know I, a lot of people would like that. I think he's, I think George is studying his own roster as well to find out what he has and find out, you know, who are the, who are the gems that are lurking on this Broncos team that maybe just need a little bit of polish and a little bit of love. <laughs> yep, exactly. Oh man. And speaking of polishing maze, if you need to go get your teeth polished, we've got the perfect <laughs> place for you to go over at green mountain dental. If you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam over at green mountain dental, you'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's all you have to do. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, and you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at green mountain dental. They've supported us for a long time as DNVR members. They are part of our family. So make sure to support them. Make sure to tell them that we sent you there and tweet us when you go there. Allie is having her wisdom teeth removed today. And I guarantee you the dentist will follow up with her in a couple of days to make sure she's doing right, because that is the kind of quality that they have over at Green Mountain Dental in the family environment that they've built. So make sure to schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam and receive that free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental when you do. Well, Mace, that'll do it for us today. Thank you all so much for rolling with us today. And all of this week, and boy, is it going to be a very, very fun offseason. Just when it seems like things are dulling down, we get a new pop of energy. And man, today was that. We've got some fun stuff coming your way next week as well, starting with a fun pod on Monday. So have a fantastic weekend. We look forward to talking to you next week. And for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. Have a fabulous Friday.